This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the Forensic Files on your radio dial. My name is Scott, and have we got a great show for you tonight? No, we don't. Damn it. The phone is ringing again. It's the request line. All right, let's pick it up. W-R-N-R-A, East of the Rockies. Hey, Breather, what's going on, man? You're quitting social media? I don't blame you, man. It feels like all these platforms have devolved into a cesspool of political division, hateful intolerance, and dangerous conspiratorial discourse. It's like we're all trapped in an ant farm of misinformation, shaken and manipulated by petulant billionaires for their perverse entertainment. What do you mean you don't care about all that? You're just tired of the incessant podcast promotion in your Twitter timeline. Listen, you called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? (laughs) Honey, are you coming by Mona Skin? You got it. All right, buckle up, gang. The subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be Honey, Are You Coming? by the Italian rock and roll saviors, Mona Skin. We'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors. What's up, music nerds? Are you tired of wading through a sea of mediocre music, desperately seeking to find a glimmer of greatness? You're in luck. My name is Mark, and I am the host of the podcast, Songs That Don't Suck. Each week, I scour the depths of new music playlists to unearth hidden gems that defy the trends and deliver pure sonic bliss. No matter the genre, if it doesn't suck, it's on my radar. So find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And as always, keep searching for and listening to Songs That Don't Suck. Breaking news! What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, gang, we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter on the line, seven time Silver Sow Award winner, the amazing. Rico motherfucking Gnu. How no, are you, sir? A motherfucking. How about you? Fucking mothers, man. boy. Um, hey dude. Uh two days before Christmas. Um or not Christmas, two days before Thanksgiving. My bad. Wrong holiday. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So I guess technically this is our Thanksgiving special, I guess we can say that, right? 
you know, know you and i we've never gotten this holiday thing right because yeah it's two <laughs> days before thanksgiving for us but by the time anyone hears this <laughs> i know it's gonna all be the after. leftovers will be gone so that's true that's true well why don't we get to some fucking news then how's that sound sure all right so you two one of one of your favorite bands um from the 90s they're doing a um a residency in vegas um, they're going to be at the Sphere, dude. Uh, do you know about the Sphere? I do. The Sphere is pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Indeed. I like it. They're go- <laughs> they're going to be doing a residency at the Sphere. Um, there's been other bands that have done residencies. Fucking Motley Crue did a residency. I think Kiss did one. I don't know. Fucking Elvis, Britney Spears, everybody. So I have a big problem with residencies. Do you have an... I think they're cheesy cash grabs. Um, When I think of people who do residencies, I think of washed up people who are just trying to pay their electric bill or maybe like, I don't know, dude. I hate residencies because I think they're just cheesy and not great. Do you have an opinion on residencies at all? Um, well... You know, Elvis famously kind of started the Vegas residency thing. True. Um, If you watch the movie, it wasn't his doing. It was more Colonel Parker and Elvis wanted to tour the world. But Colonel Parker was such criminal that he couldn't get a, a visa or a passport or something, as I recall. But at any rate, so stuck him the rot in Vegas for the remainder yep. of his career. But uh, you're right. A lot of bands do them now. I got to think, Rico. Yes, they do seem to be, shall we say, veteran acts who do it. I mean, I think Celine Dion did one. I think Def Leppard's done them. I mean, a I few Adele, I think, Adele. finished one up. But I got to think the real attraction probably is for an artist just not having to travel and the overhead. You must save a tremendous amount of money in travel. And then you can just kind of park your ass in Vegas for a summer and just basically have a day job just doing (laughs) gigs in Vegas. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think the the only people that fucking residencies benefit are the artists because, well, if you want to see me, got to come to vegas and i get this cozy day job i do like fucking an hour or two and then i go to the fucking bunny ranch and then i go fucking do some blow and wake up and do it all over again so i don't know dude i don't like the residency but it's funny that you talk about how it got started and it all got started on the heels of a crook who was being a crook who backed himself into into a corner with the wrong people and wound up having to invent the residency to bail himself out and now it's evolved into this thing that people want to do now which is kind of funny right but rico what if the attraction is less about the artists being able to park their asses in vegas and more about this amazing new venue that isn't anywhere else in the world, the sphere where you can have this immersive concert experience that that lends itself to bands like maybe U2, or could you imagine seeing a band like Tool in there with all the cool Holy crap, graphics? that would be cool. Oh my gosh, you'd probably do a mound of shrooms before you started watching that show, wouldn't you? And totally, man. I mean, I, I, I will say that if a band like Tool was at the Sphere, that would be fucking badass, man. That would be super cool. I totally agree with you on that one. 
I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I kind of don't have an opinion on it, to be honest with you. I'm not super, I'm not as, as, you know, down on the residency thing as you are, but, uh, but I think the sphere, you know, offers up some interesting kind of potential for what an immersive live show can yeah. be. Not down on the sphere. I'm down on the idea of, of doing a residency. Um, I think that's cheesy, but the sphere is badass. Whoever thought of that and actually pulled it off was a big fucking win in my book. Could um, you imagine, Rico, if that sphere just filled with like pot smoke while you were watching Tool in there? It'd be like actually watching a concert inside of a water bong. Well, I think it would fill up with weed smoke. <laughs> uh, no matter who's there, I think yeah. that's the benefit of going to Vegas is you can blow a big fatty in the audience and get away with it and not have to worry about anything kind of like here in ohio in a few weeks actually uh, um but dewine said we're gonna do it the ohio way oh christ rah, rah. he said oh, that the, <laughs> he said that the very next day i don't know if you saw this wah, press wah, wah. The, the, the cute picture of debbie downer on that one um <laughs> anyway uh let's see uh dude I, I don't want to spend too much time on this for obvious reasons, but dude, Gene Simmons is leaving X. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, and... apparently there's more to it though. Apparently it's on the heels of a growing anti-Semitic feeling with X and there's a movement. Uh, there's like a new alliance between black people and Jewish people. They've developed this beat a uh, black jewish alliance thing that is kind of gaining some ground um but but on the heels of leaving x gene's still going to be on instagram he's still going to be on tiktok and he's still going to be on thread so whew, thank god for that i i, I thought maybe we were going to lose him forever but we just have to go somewhere else to get his his wonderful takes You'll get the money bag pitches elsewhere. Um, I, listen, Gene, we, we got to sidestep the obvious politics here of what's yeah, going totally. on. Yeah, totally. But Gene uh, is was born in Israel. He's Jewish. His mother uh, was in an internment camp. So I'm guessing that it, it probably is like um, pretty obvious that he's not going to want to be a plat on a platform like run by someone endorsing like replacement theory conspiracies and anti-semitic tropes so it just stands to reason that gene might look around given that his mom literally was in a nazi internment camp and say you know what might not be the place for me don't think i'm going to endorse this with my kissisms or maybe because he can't monetize anything on x anymore so maybe he's just leaving it because it's he's not making any money off of it Maybe Politics aside, X is straight trash right now. And I just noticed with our stupid shit, I mean, I, I used to post things that would get like 4,000 impressions and now they get like 50. Yeah. So I think they've they've throttled the algorithm to the point where anything you totally. put out there is not being viewed by anybody unless you've bought a check marks. True. And hey, hey, uh, for any of you one or two people that happen to catch this, we're on Instagram, we're on threads. Um, we're still on X, but we're on the other um, outlets as well. And, and oh, by the way, hey, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate that. I didn't say that at the beginning. If you know anybody that might be interested, grab them and make them listen. 
Anyway, Scott, you mentioned Tool. I just want to mention this real quick. We talked about Rush before. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but this is hot, dude. So there's a video out there. Tool was doing a concert just recently, and Alex Lifeson did, is it Jambi? He did Jambi with, uh, with Tool. There's a video of it floating around. There's a story about Paul McCartney trying to talk uh getty and alex into going back on tour fucking rush is hot and heavy in the news man let me tell you i watched that jambi video he did a pretty damn good job he sounded damn good in that song by the way uh i think that's great um excuse uh, are, me are you are you okay <laughs> Yeah, I'm burping. I don't know if the microphone is picking it up or not. I no, it didn't actually. I was. I was... Well, that's good. Our microphones are so cheap; it would have overmodulated. So I just, <laughs> I actually lifted my head and turned to the side and belched. So there might be some dead air. Maybe I'll fill it with some burp sound effects. But um, uh, listen, we sound Scott. Before you make a comment on that, we sound great weekly. We sound like fucking pros, dude. But. We have the shoddiest, shittiest fucking scotch tape and tin can set up here. It's a miracle that we sound as good as we do. That just goes to show just how talented we are at this. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Literal tin cans with like the thread in between, exactly. like like the little rascals. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to follow up my burps with a fart right now. No, this Ooh. is not commentary on Alex Lifeson. Okay, it was silent. You got it? Oh, I pushed okay. it out. It was silent. Let um, me know if it smells. Oh, it'll smell. Um, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. It smells like the dog did it. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> you know, you got to come to Rock and Roll Autopsy to get this kind of entertainment. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just over here marinating in my own stink. Um, we are just at the top of music talk right now, aren't we? We are. Can I tell you, man, every morning, my wife wakes up at five and I wake up at six. Yeah. And so she's ready to get dressed at the time my alarm is going off. And before my oh, yeah. alarm even goes off, she's cursing me out for how foul <laughs> the bedroom smells. So I literally start every morning getting yelled at for my ass stench every single morning of my life. It's like I'm a dog and I'm having my nose rubbed in the carpet because I've shat on it. Every morning, that's how I start my day. Rico, am I not a human being? I'm not an animal. You're I'm a every, human being. You're you're every man on planet Earth. But let me ask you this: Are you conscious when you're farting while you're sleeping, or do no. you just do it and not know you're doing it? <laughs> farting all night long, dude. Nice. God, that's talent, dude. They don't wake me up. Really? What they, the hell were we talking about? <laughs> uh, Alex, Alex Lifeson doing Jambi with Tool and sounding damn good too. All right, so we're seeing a lot of Rush in the media lately. Um, yeah. Getty did a bunch of interviews supporting this book tour he's on. What is it? My effing life, I think it's called. Yep, the Brit went to the Cleveland uh, uh, stop of that. Actually, nice, good for him, man. And um, and he's uh, he's talked about this music he's sitting on. He's divulged that he and Alex are considering touring again and possibly recording music, uh, reworking some of the songs he's sitting on. He talked in the media about a Rush movie that he said isn't in the works, but he would be open to someone taking it on and it would not be 2112, it would be Clockwork Angels. That's the one Neil Peart wanted to do. And the second that that album came out and the first time I listened to it, 
I thought way back, I'm like, they've got somebody's got to make a movie out of this. And Kevin Anderson did a series of uh, graphic novels um, and an actual novel. So there is a story that has been written by an author about that album. So it can easily be adapted to a movie, in my opinion. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And Sorry. Getty is openly kind of like expressing that. Of course, we all this started off with the Taylor Hawkins Memorial. Now, for the first time, we're seeing Alex back on stage again. So Rush is, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They have fired up the engine on the machine, um, brushed the cobwebs off. And at least from a media perspective, this is a full-on media slash marketing kind of movement going here and i believe it's leading to something i don't see all of this kind of steam building and then just having it dissipate and nothing come of it i think what you're seeing are breadcrumbs leading up to an inevitable uh, musical yep. musical activity of some kind oh the feelers have officially been put out there's no doubt about that and dude on top of all of that they got shit faced with paul mccartney how about that very cool story yeah paul mccartney made it a point to watch them he made it a point to want to meet them so super cool story man oh um, yeah i don't know it's exciting i i think i might have to like tune into some uh there's a rush i can't remember the name of it I'll, maybe i'll find it and uh tweet it out but there's a rush uh youtube channel that does nothing but talk about rush maybe i'll get some maybe i'll tune into that to see yeah. how hard the hardcore rush community is feeling about this yeah i th i like i i texted you earlier today i really think after thinking about this i really think that the rush community will be fully supportive of this and uh anyway speaking of one more quick one before we take a break one more man you've um, got so much news you've been working I know. so hard dude Spe that's what i do i sacrifice my free time Shit. for for all of you um uh speaking of old british people the rolling stones have announced their u.s tour for hackney diamonds and guess what dude they're making a stop here in sea town yeah unbelievable How about that like no one does that anymore every tour goes to pittsburgh or columbus and never comes here they're doing Brown Stadium, actually. So why why would you come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city? Why would you come here? I mean, uh, good question. Because um, Cleveland's a cool rock and roll town, right? Right? Uh, I Maybe mean, bands don't come here anymore, so I'm kind I of wondering. Know. But uh, so they've got a Cleveland date, man. Okay, so two questions: Do you think? that they'll draw well at the stadium and two would you ever consider buying a ticket to that joint well i don't i don't think i would i mean i think that even the shittiest seats will be out of my price range so i don't think it's even an option i mean so it's like not even like when i heard they're coming never once for a second does it enter my mind of oh i gotta see what tickets are gonna be i just know automatically no bueno i can't i can't go to that so I'm not even, it doesn't even matter. It's an event for like, it's, it's like a foundation fundraiser at some hoity toity art museum. I mean, I, I'm not even invited. I mean, it's like, it's, so I don't even consider it for a second. I'm, I think it'll sell. I think people will go see it. Um, I think it'll do really, really well. Um, but at me, no, I, I don't even give it a second thought. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, I would consider paying probably that amount for a rush tour. Um, 
per our previous conversation, but I probably would not spend what it would take to get into that concert for sure. But well, um, I mean, a Taylor Taylor Swift ticket. There were Taylor Swift tickets going for like thirteen hundred dollars. This you past could probably tr you could probably triple that for Rolling Stones. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Taylor's hotter than the Rolling Stones ever could be, but I don't think it's unrealistic that you're going to see ticket prices probably on the bottom of like, I think the low end ticket prices will probably be like 500 bucks. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, three, three, sure. to, three to $500 low end and then high end tickets will be over a grand. I think. Yeah. I'm not spending that for those guys for sure. Um, I can't spend it for anybody. I mean, it could be yeah, Jesus fucking right. Christ could come here and say, <laughs> could say scott i will give you eternal salvation and it's going to cost you three to five hundred dollars and be like i guess i'm rotting in hell uh, i can't well spend three to five hundred dollars hey, on a concert ticket i have a first class ticket on the hell express so you can ride next to me yeah man uh, all my friends are gonna be there too yes that was that was bond scott um beauty all right let's take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about an Italian band with a Dutch name. How about that? So stick around. Looking for a good rock and roll book? Do you watch a ton of rock and roll documentaries like I do? Well, that's why I started the Rock Talk Studio podcast. To be the place to go for previews, reviews, and recommendations of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Every first Tuesday of the month, the Rock Talk Studio gets you caught up on all the latest and points out where to go for the good stuff. Give me 20 minutes and I'll get you caught up on the world of rock and roll books, docs, and movies from every possible angle and leave you with a no doubt decision on where to spend your time and money. Fan or just casual fan, or maybe you're on the fence and just looking for something new to check out. Either way, I got you covered. Recently on the show, I've talked about books and documentaries from everyone and everything from David Bowie, Randy Rhodes, and the Allman Brothers, to the Abbey Road Studios, Cheap Trick, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Little Richard, and more. Join me, Big Rick, every Tuesday of the month as I host the Rock Talk Studio podcast, the ultimate review of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Our Mind on Music is a podcast that covers all things music. We cover all genres and we welcome all perspectives from musicians, producers, and content creators to music enthusiasts. We have discussions, interviews, opinions, and much, much more. We hope you'll join us every week. Our Mind on Music on YouTube and all streaming platforms. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born, the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity individualism and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by-date asses on stage and with its chauvinism, 
misogyny and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities and with its aging fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn rock has indeed passed into the celestial void may rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. Okie dokie. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Very much appreciated. Um, let's get to it, dude. So the name of this band, Scott, it, my my Italian brothers and sisters have a band name that's actually Dutch. So if you see it, have you ever seen it? And above the A, next to the M, there's that little thing above it, right? Okay, that's not just for looks. It's not for decoration, right? So the way you say the name of this band, you ready for this? It's not main skin, which us dumb Americans would say, right? It's actually Mona skin which means, Scott, means Moonlight. So this is an Italian band with a Dutch name that means Moonlight. So the band is Mona Skin. The song is Honey, Are You Coming? It's off the Rush album. Just came out, dude, just a few months ago. The label's epic. It's epic, dude. It's Mona Skin. Um, the song is short, though. Two minutes, 47 seconds. Um, the songwriters are a bunch of fucking people, mostly, ma- mainly people in the band. Producers are Rami Jakob, Sylvester Silverstein, and Yussi Carvinen. Uh, I don't know who any of those people are, but we're going to find out if this fucking song killed rock, dude. All right. So you've taught me a lot in this brief window of time, and thank you for that. But to make sure I'm not fucking it up over and over again, help me out because I'm from the Midwest. I'm an Ohioan. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Monus. Is it Mona? Moan. Moan. Moan a skin. Moan a skin. Mona. Like like the redheaded mom, the old lady redhead on Who's the Boss? You got it. Mona, Mona Remember skin. Tony Danza would like that's kind of right. awkwardly flirt with her. <laughs> well, I think she was a piece of ass back in the day before she got old, wasn't she? Yeah, and she was like married to a dude like twenty years younger than her. Yeah. I think allegedly. Relax, <laughs> easy out there. Stop easy. With, tap the brakes a little bit. Allegedly, it's a comedy podcast. Take none of this seriously. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your autopsy report. It's rock and roll autopsy. This is episode 102. We are marching right on into the second century of this podcast. Yep. Very, very impressive. So the band is (laughs) no one's impressed. (laughs) Hey, I'm (laughs) we're impressed. And that's all that fucking matters. (laughs) It's not impressive. Somebody has to be impressed. So it may as well be us. All right, so Mona Skin. Yeah. Rumstein. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have such a hard time. <laughs> Mona Skin. Is Mona it bad skin. that every time I see the band name, it makes me think of Foreskin? I know, it's awkward, right? Am I that immature? Yes. 
literally because that's all i think of too is, is really moaning, moaning and foreskin <laughs> i just think of foreskin which is the foreskin that's like is that okay so i was circumcised so yeah is the foreskin like the rim that goes around yeah it's the wrinkly little scarf that goes around the head of your dick the scarf so yeah. if i wasn't circumcised i would have like is that what they call the hooded monk yeah that would be your little hood but it's now it's not a hood anymore it's a scarf okay so i haven't seen <laughs> many like uncircumcised penises all my all my male friends <laughs> that i've showered with and had uh you know uh intimate encounters with <laughs> are all circumcised so it's basically then like does it look like a sausage is it like us like is yeah, it like I, I i don't i've never seen one is it like um, a sausage casing and then uh, they all, snip all it of, and then it just rolls back yeah like it's it's uh, apparently the way it works scott okay is, it's an encased sausage where it just looks like a sausage. You can't see anything because the hood's covering everything up, right? Okay. But then when you get hard, the little dude peeks out and the hood pulls back, right? Like on, That's like it works. does anyhow. Right. So like when you pee, if you've got the enclosure, do you have to like pull it back or is there enough of a hole at the front where you don't have to? That's a great question fucking question dude i have no idea like if i used some, a little deductive reasoning here i would think that you'd at least have to peel that shit back just a tad just to make sure that you don't dribble all over yourself i would think right so now i'm thinking i'm wishing i wasn't circumcised because as i get older what's happens happens to me more and more frequently is when i pee oh. i put it back thinking i've shaken it off enough and i'm done and then later i get like a dribble and I'm wondering if I had the hood thing, I could just like roll it over almost like I'm closing up like a sandwich bag and then, and, and I could keep, <laughs> and then it collects in there. And then uh, when you're at a more opportune time, you just kind of empty it out. Right. Sure. Rather than having the wet spot in my underpants or potentially my pants, if I'm at work and I'm walking around with a wet spot, I got to go into a meeting and I've got a wet spot. If I just could kind of like, take the hood and just fold it over the hole when I was done. And then any dribblage would then be self-contained. I'm going to talk to my mom. Why'd she have this done to me? I don't know, but maybe they could genetically engineer like future uncircumcised male to have like a little Ziploc up top. So you can like Ziploc it closed to kind of encase everything. And then when you want to empty it out, then you just, open the Ziploc and just empty it out. Like for when you're at work. Right. I think that would be a cool idea. Okay. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> All right. You already have a better idea. Don't you? I've had this idea for a long time and I've never <laughs> done it. So I'm just going to say it's public domain now. And anyone who listens to this and wants to go make a million dollars can. All right. Hit I have an idea for a P cap and what it would be. It's like a little cap you can put over your penis and it would be held on to your penis. Like, you know how like, like old timey men's socks would have like a garter or like women with nylons yeah, totally. have like a, a garter on the thigh. Yeah, totally. It'd be like a garter, like for your penis. And then you would have like, like some kind of like, you know, maybe elastic or thread or something that would then uh -huh. the cap would attach to. So when not in use, the cap would just like hang from the garter. And then whenever you needed to cap it, you just have it ready there. You just cap it up after. You so 
would the cap would the cap be like it would have to be like absorbent like a tampon right sure yeah these would be disposable you could use them several you could buy them by the box like tampons and have like you know you could buy 30 a 30 package you through the month you know what i mean and then uh, i i think that's a brilliant idea because you slide it on like a cock ring dude i think it's i think it's brilliant because the problem I run into occasionally when I'm, especially when I'm at work and I've got work clothes on, um, sure. we have business casual where I work yep. and I, I get done dropping a deuce and I pull my pants up and I think that I've, I've, sh- I've shaken all of the stuff off the end of my dick properly. But when I pull up my underwear and pants, I feel the dribble go down my leg. Yeah. You need a cap. Do you like cop- a lid? Dude, the cock cap would be a brilliant. Wait a minute. Did That's I just brilliant. Go- you just the, named it. I didn't have cock a name. Cap. Well, we got a name that we have to do this now. Shit. We have, we've named it now. If I had the cock cap, <laughs> I would not have that dribble down my leg when I put my pants back on after taking a poop. All right. We need a backer. Um, clearly the guy who can't afford Rolling Stone tickets can't get this off the ground himself. So we need Jesus. a backer. We've Someone got fucking, out there. Dude, we've got dude wipes. Why can't we have the cock cap? Let's let's start a uh what do they call it? A Kickstarter for the yes. All right, it's Rock and Roll Autopsy. The band is Mona Skin. The song is Honey. What the hell is it called? Uh, are you coming? God damn it. Are you, honey, honey, are, are you, you coming? coming? Yeah. Stylized Honey and then parentheses. So this is a true throwback rock act. They're bringing back the parentheses. Yeah. Are you, not spelled Y-O-U, but just you, coming question mark. Yeah. So the band is Mona Skin. The song is Honey, Are You Coming? This might be the newest song we've ever done in the history of this podcast. I think so. This is, um, you know, we're practically doing an episode of songs that don't suck right now. I mean, this is like I know. new music we're actually doing here. I know. It's weird. Anyway, the question is, did it kill rock and roll? I, I don't know. It's almost too new to having, have you know, to possibly have killed anything, but we're going to put it through the paces anyhow. Yep. Um Rico, we've got five categories. We've got this proprietary science that we use. <laughs> to find out and within it are five bulletproof categories they are gratuitous boomerism excessive misogyny wanton whiteness malignant machismo and culture vulturism rico the podcast is rock and roll autopsy the song honey are you coming the album rush the band Mona skin gratuitous boomerism rico how do you score well scott um so i I have to ask myself as new as this song is is there anything kind of locked in about it that might not transfer from generation to generation if you will um i think given the song has got this like cool euro pop punk thing going on i think that's kind of cool the message we'll get into there's nothing super locked in and generational about the message dude my fucking paisan and italian brothers and sisters are behind this shit i'm not really seeing any boomerism in this this is going to get a zero for me 
Yeah, it just seems to be like, uh, like you know, um, a lovey-dovey, you know, wanting to uh, looking to hook up kind of song. Am yeah. I reading it wrong? Yeah, um, no, you're totally looking at it the right way. Yeah, so I I don't see I I don't think that has died yet. I no. think we're, that's still acceptable. I think <laughs> that's I still hope. a thing. <laughs> okay, um, and it looks like our band members are all in their twenties. The singer, sure. uh, I'll just call him David. Um, yeah, I don't want to try to pronounce his name, but uh, his last name is David. Um, is that a surname or is that like Damiano? Damiano? Uh, da- Damiano David. Okay, so David must be his surname then, or is that like a stage uh, name? I don't maybe, know. maybe his last. Uh, you know what? I don't know, dude. It could be a, a stage name, but I feel like Damiano's probably either first or last name. It's it's more like remember like the lawyers Friedman, Damiano, and Smith. Yeah, locally, it's yeah, Damiano. So that's probably his last name. I'm guessing. Oh my gosh, we're way too local. We've already talked like Friedman, Damiano, and Smith, and Mike DeWine. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> We're not really reaching for much of an audience here by being no. so uh, all encompassing. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, he's 24 years old. Yeah. So um, obviously, guys born in 99. I've literally yeah. got clothes hanging in my closet older than him. Um, so, yep. yeah, I don't see how I can possibly give this any kind of demerit for gratuitous boomerism. I'm going to score it a big honking zero. Yes. Category two bonus skin honey are you coming the category is excessive misogyny rico i have lyrics available if you'd like me to attempt to read them can you please read some lyrics for me yes let me take a this this, yeah while you're drinking this spoken word segment is brought to you by rock and roll autopsy thank you i keep putting i i i gotta have like uh, you know, I have like several handfuls of ice in my water. So yeah. every time I'm mixing the episodes at the end of the week, I just hear the ice clanking around in there. I'm like, why am I doing that every week? And yet I still do it. It's it's that pursuit of quality and dedication <laughs> to quality uh, recordings that the sets tin, us the apart. Tin, <laughs> the tin cans really pick up the ice. <laughs> sets us apart from the other podcasts. The <laughs> yeah. attention to detail. Meet me there when it never closes. Meet me there where it never where it's never hopeless. All is fair in love. Oh, 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 honey, are you coming? I know a place downtown, babe, if you want to go. I'm going to show you how this Italian amour, is that how you say it, Rico? It's going to love you harder than ever before. I don't even know if that rhymes because I don't know if I'm saying it right. Uh, ar- he says in the song, he says armor, like armor, but he just puts the emphasis on the second syllable. Thank you. You will like it. I, this is why I need. I, I need think it. or it's amor, meaning love in Italian, actually. So I don't know, dude. I'm not sure it could be one or the other. All right, let's roll with. It. Well, thank you. I still, I've, I'm very thankful that I have an international person such as yourself here to help me in my you know white thing trailer park ohioan <laughs> bullshit try to struggle <laughs> through this i'm going to show you how this italian amour is going to love you harder than ever before you will like it we're going to get sky high and create a new world where somebody might die but nobody gets hurt and if it sounds good for you baby just say the word you will like it ah pre-chorus 
It's 5 a.m. We feel so good. It's almost frightening. It's 5 a.m. I'm made for you. We can't deny it. Chorus. Meet me there where it never closes. Meet me there where it's never hopeless. All is fair in love. Oh, 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 oh. Honey, are you coming? Meet me there where it never closes. Meet me there. I'll give you your roses. All is fair in love. Oh, 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 oh. Honey, are you coming? Dude, uh, Keats has nothing on you, dude. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you would win any poetry slam. I promise. I literally struggled to read it, Rico. <laughs> um, misogyny. No, dude, because remember the one line he's actually asking her, Hey, like, if you're into this, let me know. So he's not overstepping his boundaries. He's like, Hey, I think we can hook up, make some shit happen, but only if you're okay with it. If you're into that kind of thing let me know you know where to find me i'm in that joint that blah 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 blah. so i mean he talks about how you know how much how much fireworks they can make and how cool it would be to bang but he's asking permission first you know this is 2023 this is a new generation we ask first we don't just we're not going like gene simmons or any of the other old guard who just fucking let her rip, dude, right? No, we ask permission first. He probably gave this girl a written proposal first and had her look it over to see how she felt about it, maybe got it notarized. Um, but yeah, dude, there's no, he's very polite in, in this. And so I feel like it's a zero. Do you feel like circumcision is a deal breaker for some women? Um, do they ask like typically a woman will ask like what do you do they care about like wh what your career is and if you make any money do you think like circumcision like if you've got a hooded monk or not is like a deal breaker i feel like i, I don't know that's a good question but i feel like some of the euro girls might have a preference one way or the other see what i'm saying how so you know, well because maybe like if you're euro circumcision is not in in certain cultures circumcision is is not as big of a deal as it is in other culture cultures like over here in america like as soon as as soon as like you come out of your mom and they smack your ass they circumcise you like right away in some cultures you don't ever get circumcised then like in sample for example in the jewish culture it's a whole different thing it's like a symbol of manhood right right um so um I guess it depends on the culture, dude. It might be a deal breaker depending on what culture you live in. God damn, you're so smart. Um, all right. So I'm looking at, I'm looking up and down, trying to find some excessive misogyny. And instead, what I find is a song where a dude is trying to sell how great it would be to get laid, but is also being really polite and almost flattering about it. He says in pre-chorus too, by the way, love a song that, that actually writes a pre-chorus. They're kind of rare I these know. days. So That's it's nice. Exactly. Nice to see a pre-chorus at work here. Um, it's like Bigfoot seeing a pre-chorus these days. <laughs> used to be like, I know used to be just like a songwriting thing where songs had pre-choruses and choruses and bridges and now holy hell can't find a pre-chorus or a bridge to save your life anymore i digress um pre-chorus two our polite gentleman caller says it's 5 a.m we feel so good it's almost frightening let's try again i don't deserve you you're a diamond 
what is that i mean what woman wouldn't want to hear that she's going to say you know what i i appreciate being referred to as a diamond i like the fact that you don't feel like you deserve me let's go another round well scott this is the difference between like us silly americans and maybe you know the british invasion version of rock and roll and the italians you see us italians we make the women feel important it's all about the woman and how the women feel the world revolves around you oh lovely woman and that's how we get laid by making the woman feel important and it's all about them not about us that's how it works dude that's why italians are the best lovers wow so you don't like pull out and jizz all over their tits only if they want me they gotta ask first though gotta, if, 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 and how if, do you propose that well, it's got to be in that written proposal at the very beginning. You have to put that in there or else you can't do it. Uh, anyway, I'm scoring it a zero for excessive misogyny. <laughs> Explicit content. Please have earbuds on in your, yes. in your cubicle at work. Or if you're working remote, fuck it. Just crank us. Category three. Wanton, crank. <laughs> wanton whiteness. Mona skin. Honey, are you coming? Is that a double entendre, by the way? Honey, are you coming? Um, maybe. Yeah, I think it is. Are, Meaning, in other words, are you coming up to my you, apartment, or right, are you are you achieving a, a climax? Right. So I think you're right on the money, dude. Dude, you fucking alliteration and double entendres. You are the fucking master, dude. How do you do it? a lifetime of listening to bad 80s glam metal you learn your double entendres when paul stanley is your uh is your i know your your poet lodestar um <laughs> jesus christ i'm sorry for that <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right one wanton whiteness Thank um you. well um they they are they are euros they are italian um I've got to give them the obligatory 0.5 for that. Um, the the Euro pop punk nature of the styling of the music is is really white and Euroy. So I'm I I I gotta do I gotta do a one on this one. Uh yeah. Um oh god. I don't know where I'm gonna go with this one, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't. I I do think that if you can allow me to get outside of the song, I think the song is kind of a very specific thing, but there are yeah. other areas of their catalog where to me their songs some of their songs ride kind of like a dance music like yes. kind of vibe um and others are more rock and so at times they're kind of rock at times there is a little bit of like a you know a dance kind of thing happening. You, know, you are with, right, sir. And a we, poppy kind of thing happening. You are correct, sir. So, gosh. Um, it's a tough one, right? It is. All right. Uh, three white dudes, one white broad, 0.5. Attaboy. Thank you. <laughs> category. <White>. category. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Scott a plus one for gratuitous <laughs> boomerism for using the term broad. Or broad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Hey, guess funny. what? On my screen, yeah. a Rolling Stones tour advertisement just came up. No shit. Yeah. Wow. They're oh, pushing. They're listening. Um, category four, malignant machismo. Honey, are you coming? Um, no, Scott, because he's he, he's not making a move unless he gets permission first um and he doesn't deserve her she's a diamond like self-deprecating gotta ask for permission um there, there's no there's no room for machismo in this although i will <clears throat> say that his delivery in the song kind of has a this kind of rocks this this euro sexual thing going on yep. so i think i'm gonna meet in the middle so to speak and uh do a 0.5 yeah he's definitely got the um he he's definitely using something that we haven't seen in rocks rock in a while which is why i think mona skin is being hailed as a rock revival band is that the singer and the band has the look i mean not only do they rock but they have the old school rock look they're all sexy they're all fit they've all got swagger they're all young so they really have that kind of like that missing ingredient they're not vanilla they're not they're not it's not like you're not going to see anybody in this band bagging your groceries at the store no. these guys they all look like rock stars and carry themselves like rock stars which means a little bit of machismo and a little bit of swagger right that's right and they've brought rock right back where it belongs it's all about fucking sex and drugs dude yeah and they've, they've brought it back to sex and drugs good on them good, good on bravo them Adam, good job, guys. Yeah, I'm seeing the Stones ad again. It's rotating. It says June 15th, Cleveland Brown Stadium. Wow, yeah. they're pushing yeah. it. So they're going to have to sell some tickets just to pay for all this marketing they've they've got out ahead on. True. Um, True. Yeah, uh, malignant machismo. Um, you know, listen. If the title is a double entendre, honey, are you coming? We know macho men don't give a shit whether or not she's <laughs> so the fact that he's even inquiring and seems to care a tad as to whether or not like he has lying. to ask if he if you gotta ask, then there's no machismo in that, right? <laughs> well, like I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying you know, that just the fact that he's even expressing any interest in whether or not she's enjoying the entire endeavor, I'm gonna give that a zero for <laughs> malignant machismo. Because you know, your macho dude is just gonna he's just gonna take care of his business and not really care yeah he's um, either he's either not going to give a fuck or he's already going to know if she likes it or not right yeah yeah the other way yeah yeah one of the two but he's certainly not going to have to politely ask <laughs> and say i don't deserve you <laughs> oh, god oh my gosh yeah see that's the thing he'll fall in love because he's getting all this you know he's getting i he's know getting, he's getting laid so he'll fall in love and right now his mind is oh i don't deserve her she's so good to me then then 15 years from now when he's married and opening the mayonnaise jar and taking out the trash and you know then he's gonna go not straight, getting any he'll yeah, be like it, yeah then he'll yeah. go straight emo and then it'll be over with <laughs> all right category five Mona skin, honey, mm. are you coming? Culture vulturism. Uh, yeah, with this song, it's they're you know, 
I can hear, let me just put it, let me just put it this way. And some of their other songs, especially with some of the guitar licks, I can hear the influences in the guitar licks. Um, I can hear like um, fucking what's his face from uh, the Chili Peppers. What the hell is that dude's name that plays guitar for them? They've had a, they've had two dozen. The, the latest, the, the latest, the latest one. The the main guy would be John Frusciante. Frusciante. I yeah, I is. hear I hear John Frusciante, uh in some of their other songs, but not too much. I actually hear some. Um, Jesus Christ, I, I can't think tonight. Uh, go figure. The fucking dude from Rage. Tom Morello. Tom Morello. Yeah, I hear some Tom Morello and some of their other stuff, but not in this song. This song is totally unique it's got the like i said it's got this cool euro pop punk thing going on um they don't really sound like anybody else i mean although i take that back maybe maybe there's a little bit of a hint of the killers maybe in here i do think of the killers a little bit when i listen to them uh but not it's not it's not appropriated. They haven't, I don't feel like they've appropriated anything. Um, they've kind of done their own thing. And finally, Italy comes to the rock game. Dude, it's been US, it's been UK, and it's been fucking Scandinavia for too many decades now. And finally, my Italian brothers and sisters are getting a seat at the rock table. And I think that's totally cool. Nah, dude, this is getting a zero for me. Yeah, man, I, I think now italian band but i the rock rock history its greatest stars are all italian it's true but absolutely whole, crazy but not a whole band from italy though. that's true but but especially all the metal guys they're all italians you're right it's kind of right. crazy like actually kind of look at it under the right starts with ronnie james dio but i mean the sure. list goes on and on and on anyway um culture vulturism when i hear this song immediately a couple bands come to mind franz ferdinand i don't yep. know if you ever heard that band but they like them remind me of them a lot i had a job where i had to share i was in a cubicle and a person in a cubicle opposite me would play the franz ferdinand album over and over and over again so yep. i grew to like the band but kind of get sick of the album i don't yep. recall which one it was but uh their big hit was take me out actually <clears throat> Yeah, but I hear that in this band. Okay. Good pull. Good pull for sure. Muse. I hear a lot of oh, muse yeah. in this band. Another and good pull. Even at times, a little bit of mechanical animals era Marilyn Manson at oh, times. Right. Just a okay. hint. Just all a right. hint. So when I hear them, I'm not hearing anything I haven't heard before. I think it's really well done. I think it's exceptionally well done. I think the song yep. is really well written, brilliantly performed. I like the production. I like the song. I sp actually, before we picked this song, ironically, before you suggested it, it was totally coincidental, but I had already been listening to this on Spotify and it kind of immersed myself in this new record. Cause I'm like, I got to listen to some new stuff. I, I really have been listening to hackney diamonds like a lot and i'm like okay let's put this down so i decided to take up this latest mona skin album and i so i i was really enjoying the record as a whole yep. but it's just Agreed. weird man and i guess i just feel like it's got to be a byproduct this is getting old but i just can't like i appreciate it and i enjoy it but as i listen to it i think Oh yeah, I know what that, or I've heard that before, or oh I oh that sounds like that. And 
I see this with like literally everything in my life now. It's like, oh, that reminds me of this or that something is like this something. And so I never appreciate anything for what it is. I just see other stuff in it. And it really becomes hard for me to connect to anything. I'll have to talk I, I to hear you. You know, so it's like I'm thinking like our, our guy Mark does songs that don't suck. And he's always talking about new music. And it's so hard for me to connect to new music. And even if I really genuinely enjoy it, it doesn't become a part of me like the music I grew up listening to did or does does that make sense no i think about that all the time dude again back when we did our other podcast that we've mentioned once or twice one of the topics that we talked about scott if you remember was the creative peak that's always been kind of a basement theme that we've always been kind of kicking around in the in the bowels of our psyche for the last decade or so and i think there's a little bit of that in 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 any kind of fine art right now whether it's a movie or music writing i think because so much has already been done in the last 60 or 70 years that how many different permutations are there out there and have we reached all of them and i think about that a lot and i i to your point i i i search for music that has found a new permutation or i look for a movie that's found a new permutation or a new angle or something it's hard now because so much has already been done dude there's only so many notes in the scale you know what i'm saying and there's and there's only so many combinations you can do with that and so it's hard when you when you know you've listened to as much as we have for something to sound fresh because of that, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something to that. It's kind of interesting because there's that new slasher movie out now called thanks Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you know, I've seen every slasher movie every ever made and the best you ones have. are like from 1980. Right. I mean, they're 40 years old, the best ones. And so it's like, well, if Eli Roth wants my 15 bucks, you know, what's going to get me to the theater to go see a new slasher movie, right? Mm -hmm. I guess just the novelty of the fact that it's new, but I'll literally be seeing something that's an homage to everything I've already seen before. So it's openly kind of retreading and tipping the cap to things that already exist. Right. And it only exists because of those things. Yeah. And everything in that movie is super tropey and been done already. Yes. And they're doing it as like a wink and a nod to people like me. So if I buy that ticket, like what is the experience I'm really after? Because I've already seen all of them. So is it just the novelty of seeing yet another one, but in 2023 in a Cinemark? Exactly. Is that exactly because everybody who's doing that shit now were like nerds when they were kids and now they're making stuff. So right. they make stuff to pay tribute to the stuff that they liked when they were kids. And so it winds up being just a bunch of homages and nothing really anything new. So if I'm listening to the new Monaskin track and I really like it, but it reminds yeah. me of a lot of music I already know really, really well and have heard yeah. a million times in my 50 years, then like, what's going to get me to make this song a part of my life for the next 25 years? Like, yeah. is it Good even question. there for that purpose? Or is it just meant to be something I listened to for a week in November of 2023? Like, Good what's question. the point? I, I don't know. Or is ultimately it just not meant for me and it's meant for like 
someone like, you know, 21 or 15 to go find. Well, yeah, because the 15 to 17 year olds who are going to really dig into this song uh, don't have the fucking gigantic list of shit that they've listened to in their life like we have. And and so to them, this is fresh and this is new. And so to them, this is good, creative new things for them to latch on to in their in those years that you talked about when you latch on to music the most, which is in your early to mid teens. Right. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up, but. So to that end, then should just someone my age, just stop trying to pursue new music and be like, just, I'm just going to listen to what I grew up on the rest of my life. <laughs> no, I, I say definitely if it never not. connects with you the same way ever again, and it's just something you just listen to and experience for one week in November. That's good enough, right? Because if know. you didn't even, but listen, here's the thing though. If you stopped pursuing new music, then you wouldn't have that one week. Would you? That's true. I guess the idea is at least to some degree, I'm trying to stay plugged into what the hell's going on out there and not just become totally out of touch. Right. And not only would you not have that one week, but then there might be something out there that really is latchable that you would never know because you wouldn't have pursued it. You see what I'm saying? That's true. All right, let's wrap this up. I'm Party. scoring it a zero. So Rico for our rock and roll autopsy on Mona skin, honey, are you coming? Yeah. I've got 0.5. I also have a 0.5. My goodness. Yeah. For, for a grand total of one point they did it good the job science guys. works doesn't it molto bene molto bene <laughs> they can they do they, they 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 contributed their this song is contributing to rock it's keeping it the science works dude this song and this band is perpetuating rock and roll they're keeping rock alive dude it's actually right? true yeah, it's actually really actually true. Yeah. That's why the fucking science works right there. Every time, man. Well, Rico, we have explored uh we've explored uh Elon Musk, we've explored uh foreskin, we've talked uh -huh. at great length about uh Italian people and music and uh -huh. and Mona skin. Uh, we've we've, uh, we've uh, explored our new business venture, the cock cap, the cock cap. So we will be getting a Kickstarter going for that. And yep. um, we've had a very, very busy episode tonight. I'm thankful sure. for anyone out there who gave us a listen. Yeah, absolutely. And in the in, in the heels of Thanksgiving, whether uh, you you're two days beforehand like we are or a couple of days afterwards, by the time you listen to this remember what you're thankful for and say thanks i thank everybody who's tuning in and listening thank you scott for being my bro thanks for this podcast thanks for thanks thank you son for coming up tomorrow morning i'm super thankful right now thankful for all the fucking pie i'm gonna eat in a couple of days that's a fact <laughs> that's a fact by the way all right gang thank you rico all right gang it's been rock and roll autopsy good night now.
Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it's like a mystique. There's no mystique anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica, and Season 2 went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com.